What's your favorite Christmas film? Hustlers. Elaborate on that. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David Lynch. (laughs) Um, I think my mother would kill me if I didn't say Die Hard. Okay. Fair enough. It's a one fantastic movie, two Christmas. Like it literally. People want to argue that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. And it for sure fucking is, because when else... I saw this argument on TikTok recently. When else would you have employees gathered at a holiday party? Like, for any holiday, right? Like, every other holiday, we don't do office parties, right? Like, like, like the bars, we go to the park, right? Like, we have a barbecue for, like, the 4th or for Memorial Day or whatever, right? I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. You literally would never have employees in an office after hours except for a Christmas party. Fair. I have never seen Die Hard, so you're literally talking. I thought we watched it together. No, no. I'm sorry. It. I'm sure everyone hates me now that I've admitted that I've never seen. Karamia, I love you, but we're watching Die Hard. I'm I'm happy tonight. to tonight. Okay, I don't have time tonight, but soon. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Gremlins? I would say which time, but we just watched it the other day, so I think that's the one you mean. Am I it right? It is, yeah. Good. This is true. Great. I think I missed a bit here, but you know, the holidays are here. I'm tired. I'm drinking my second double espresso of the day <laughs> against my doctor's recommendations, but you know. Um, so do yeah. you mean the 1984 Christmas film that stars just a bunch of people and has like little uh, weirdos? That's exactly what I mean. And while Topher is completely destroying his esophagus with acidic espresso... <laughs> It's an Americano, thank you. Listen, listen, I'm allowed to make fun of people for their black coffee because I've been made fun of. Every single person who likes milk in their coffee has been made fun of by these jerks that drink black coffee. So relax. You are not on the oppressed side of coffee drinkers (laughs) right now. You also drink black coffee, I don't. You used to. I don't anymore because I realized that it was ruining my life. So. I appreciate milk and coffee. I just don't want it. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, what the normal format is, just in case you are new here. This is the abnormal format. This is the abnormal format. Actually, no, this is the normal format. We're off the rails. That's a normal format for us. Fair. So uh, first off, Topher will take us through who made this thing. Shout out the cast and crew. And then I'll take us through the plot. And then in the third installment, we will talk about said plot, etc. 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 Exactly. So without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Oh, a shit ton of people, but um, there's a guy you might have known. We ate dinner with him once. Um, Steven Spielberg. Ever heard of him? To be clear, we ate dinner in the same room as him. We were 10 feet away, and I had notes for him, and I didn't give them, and I didn't ruin our date. So thank you to me from you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to break into song again because... I'm not The Rock, and I'm not going to sing You're Welcome from Moana. Okay. Thank you <laughs> for that. Everybody thanks me for not breaking into song on this podcast. It's funny. I'm a really good singer. I just don't. I'm not good on <laughs> this mic. Mm-hmm. We've been to karaoke together. Okay. Get back to what your yeah, job is. Yeah, I know. Is. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So it was directed by Joe Dante. Uh, who I, the first movie, this is the first movie I saw from him. The second movie I saw from him, ever heard of a little movie called Small Soldiers? No. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, it's terrible CGI, but it's basically like if Toy Story met Call of Duty. I would hate that. It's amazing. It was that. my favorite movie when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, he directed Rock and Roll High School. Love that movie. The original Piranha. That movie's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. Man. Um, He did The Burbs, which is an amazing movie we should cover at some point. It's another horror comedy. I have not seen that one. Tom Hanks. I'm guessing it's about the suburbs. It is. And Tom Hanks, uh, I won't spoil it for you. Okay, great. (laughs) Rude. It was written by Chris Columbus. Never heard of him. (laughs) You know. Uh, actually, sorry, scratch that. It wasn't the raping, pillaging, genocidal maniac who claimed he discovered India and then claimed he discovered America after he got caught out. Did you know that he thought Cuba was Japan? 
Huh? <laughs> he thought Cuba was Japan. <laughs> I know this is an audio medium, but I'm 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 literally that lady um, in the meme who's like calculating things in her doing head. Doing the, the blonde lady, the blonde white lady who's like like doing the math. That's me right now. Yeah. The fuck. but no chris columbus who directed the first two harry potter movies and a bunch of other shit but that's i think what he's most known for so in credits order because that's how imdb has it (laughs) and i can't memorize every name in the world i can barely barely memorize the regulars at my bar's names so here's our cast we have hoyt axton as inventor randall peltzer we have Key Luke as the old Chinese man running this, like, antiquities shop. I guess, yeah. In Chinatown? Yeah. It's definitely his most known role, but he's been in a bunch of stuff as well. We have a very little baby, Corey Feldman, as Pete. So young. The little <laughs> the guy who fucks everything up. <laughs> he's the reason that this he's movie goes off the movie, rails. Yeah. Um, Zach Galligan as Billy. Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman. My heart be still. Phoebe Cates as Kate. Amazing. She's... Oh, God. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a, an awakening for me. I love that movie. It's so good. Shout out to Amy Heckerling. Did you know that was her directorial debut? No. Yeah. Fascinating. And then we, and then we get Clueless. Wow. Just out the gate. <laughs> I mean, like 12 years apart, but still... Or but thir- still. Yeah. Um, Polly Holiday as the evil Mrs. Deagle. This woman, I cannot stand her. Mrs. Deagle needs to mind her own fucking business. She really fucking does. Do you know where you know her from, though? Polly Holiday? Where? Marva! The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan? Wait, oh, is she? She's the elder Marva. Oh, amazing, amazing. That's exactly where you know her from. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> She's also in Mrs. Doubtfire, which is another fantastic movie. But like, I was watching this movie like, why do I recognize her face? Oh my God, she was in The Parent Trap. Definitely. <laughs> Holy shit. We have Judge Reinhold, who was also in Fast Times. That was his, sort of his breakout role. But uh, he's the douchebag finance bro in this movie, Gerald Hopkins, or Jer. Jer. Don't call me that. My name's Gerald. I think every finance bro's <laughs> name is Jer. I'm just going to go down to Wall Street and start saying, what's up, Jer? And see how many people like, respond. See, I was going to go with Taylor. No, Taylor Taylor is a little universal name, I think. I think anybody whose name, like, I think Taylor can be anybody. Fair enough. I, I, I mean, I love my uncle named Taylor. He made these shirts for us. When I think of Taylor, I think of a musician, probably because of James Taylor. Oh, I love James Taylor. Original or honorary sad girl. Not original. What the fuck? <laughs> honorary sad girl. He's an honorary sad girl. I yeah. mean, he did how many duets with Carol King? Like, Even just by himself. Those yeah. lyrics, man. Whoa. What? Him, Nick Drake, Donovan. Yep. Elliot Smith. Frank Ocean sometimes. Frank Ocean sometimes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yes. <laughs> we don't need to list all the honorary no. men who are sad girls. We don't. Or men who are honorary sad girls. Uh, Frances Lee McCain is the mom, Lynn Peltzer, uh, who was also a mom in Footloose and Stand By Me. She just keeps playing moms. Mom! Mommy? Sorry. (laughs) Mommy? Sorry. (laughs) How many times can we make this joke? Once an episode, at least. Seriously. I also think that I always, whenever I see this movie, I think she's um, Laura, uh, Mrs. Palmer. Oh. I always think she's Sarah Palmer. But it's not her. But they look the same to me for some reason. Interesting. I don't think they do, but I feel that. It could just be like middle-aged white women with curly hair. Fair. So there's some really fun... um, Before I get to the voice cast, there's a great little cameo in here. So you love Breaking Bad. Yeah, it was fun. It's a good time. Do you know who Jonathan Banks is? No. Do you know who Mike is from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, so that's the dumbass deputy in this movie. Oh, that's funny. I love that. Like, Amazing. So good, right? Yeah. Uh, I just found that cameo today, and I was like, holy shit. So I know him from Community. Of course you do. I love Community. It's a very good show. Just because you don't love it, <laughs> you're fine with it. So now the amazing voice actors in this. So 
there is a fantastic voice cast with this who voiced the the gremlins Mm-hmm. One of them is Frank Welker, who has been playing Scooby-Doo for I don't know how long. Like the actual, like he's the voice of Scooby-Doo for decades. That guy's got to be rich then. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Scooby-Doo has so many different iterations. There are video games. There, is there, there's the cartoon, the live action one. True, but Scooby-Doo's I, I, in commercials. Scooby-Doo had fucking commercial deals. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's got to be at least have a good chunk of change. I think he's doing. I think he's doing okay. Also, uh, remember Deal or No Deal? I know what that is. Uh, so you know Howie Mandel, of course, right? Yeah, he's on America's Got Talent. Is he? Yeah, he's one of the judges, or he was. I don't watch that I've show, but I've never seen, seen it. I've seen um, certain seasons of it, and yeah, he was. He was at least. I don't know if he still is, uh, but he definitely was at one point a judge. Cool. I, I knew him from Deal or No Deal for like the two seconds I watched that show. Deal or No Deal. Just is a that, bunch of hot ladies holding briefcases. Is that how it goes? I don't know. Something I, like that. That's something I've never actually really watched. <laughs> so I don't know. But, but yes, gi- I know Howie Mandel. He's Gizmo. Cute. Gizmo is cute. You're right. Gizmo is very cute. And of course, no voice cast would be complete in this era without Michael Winslow from uh, Police Academy. The guy who does all the... like. Helicopter sounds, machine gun sound, like he can do any sound with his mouth. That's Michael Winslow. Oh. I know you haven't seen Police Academy. <laughs> that's one I know you haven't seen. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And as always, we have to credit the dog, Mushroom. Mushroom is such a perfect name for any animal. Seriously. I'm going to get a hedgehog and name name it Mushroom. Aww. But I think all hedgehogs are DJs, so it'd be DJ Mushroom. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I had another one. I had another name for a hedgehog. You did. I was trying. I was just trying to think of it because you've said it multiple times. It started with an R, I think. I don't know. Anyway, um, there's a nice cameo. Oh, it was DJ Ravioli. Ravioli. That's what it was. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine if I had two? They're married. DJ Mushroom and DJ Ravioli. We would have too many hedgehogs. Yeah, that would be bad. That's a lot of hedgehogs. <laughs> They're also not very social creatures, so um, it would be bad. But they're very cute. They're adorable. My buddy Alexi had a hedgehog when we were in high school named Maggie. Aw. She lived for like 12 years. Damn. Yeah. She would. He would bring her to school in his pocket. Aww. <laughs> and we'd sit in the back of class and like get high and <laughs> hang out with Maggie. <laughs> um, there's a cool cameo here from Steven Spielberg. He's the dude in the electric wheelchair that dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Like I like I like cameos. Yeah. Um, as I said, Steven Spielberg did produce this. Also, Kathleen Kennedy, who now runs all of Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. Um, cinematography was from John Hora. Music by the incredible Jerry Goldsmith. And obviously you have to shout out the uh, special effects department. They were incredible in this. Like, because all of these were puppets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're literally all puppets. So congrats on y'all. Like, y'all killed it. There's... 100%. 100%. And how is Gizmo so cute? And how is Stripe so scary? Mm-hmm. The movie was... So... Here's a funny thing. This movie, even though it takes place at Christmas, do you know when it was released? July. June, yeah. I was close. Yeah, you were off by a month. Yeah, June 8th. So I've had people argue that it's not a Christmas movie because it was released in June. And I'm like, it literally takes place at Christmas. The whole point of it is Christmas. Phoebe Kate's character arc is about Christmas. Like... Yeah, like... I don't care when it was released. I know, I kind of hate... Like, so horror films that aren't released in October, are they not horror films? Right. Excuse me? Same like, fucking what, argument. What the hell? Yeah. That's that's a bum-ass argument. It's... Yep, that's a, that's a <laughs> great way of putting it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to wrap us up, uh, budget was $11 million, made $213 million fucking dollars in the box office. This those movie angry, killed. Those angry parents really did <laughs> a lot. Oh, my that. God. I love the fucking reviews on this. The uh, angry parents really did some <laughs> classic PR that nobody else could have done. So, this... Seriously. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. But, yeah, the uh, with that in mind... This two Steven Spielberg movies released right after another. Um, 
are the reason we have a PG-13 PG rating. rating yeah. yeah. This and Temple of Doom. Uh, because of the violence and gore. Fuck off. And the gremlins being naughty. Don't They're about naughty. That. <laughs> gremlins are very naughty. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty gremlins, love. God. <laughs> That's the new TikTok trend. Naughty, naughty gremlins. <laughs> anyway, please stop me. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous girls love gremlins. Babe, plot. Babe, okay. <laughs> um, struggling inventor Randall Peltzer visits a Chinatown antique store, hoping to find a Christmas present for his son, Billy. Which makes him, he makes Billy sound like he's like six years I old. I know. Billy's 20. Like bitch, the, you're 22. This sounds like the beginning <laughs> of Child's Play or something. And then fucking we get, we see him and you're like, whoa, he can drive. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like if Andy was a fucking college senior. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, anyway, inside Randall encounters a small furry creature named, called a mogwai, which in Cantonese apparently means devil. Yeah. Every time we were watching this on uh, HBO Max and all of the subtitles say speaking mogwai, I was like, bitch, that's Cantonese. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Every single time. It's literally, he's literally speaking Cantonese. Jeez. Um, speaking Mogwai. <laughs> um, the owner, Mr. Wing, refuses to sell Randall the creature, but his grandson secretly overrules him. I'd say undermines as opposed to overrules, but yeah. Yeah. Warning Randall to remember three important rules. Big ones. Very big ones, but there are only three. Don't expose it to light, especially sunlight. It will die. Do not let it come into contact with water. And most importantly, never feed it after midnight. Easy. Three easy rules. Yeah. And most of it is just like, do not do this. Yeah. It's not like you have to feed it like a newborn child, like every three seconds or whatever. Yeah. There is a hole here, though. There's two holes here. Yeah. When can you feed it? Because technically everything is after midnight. Yeah, I guess it probably means like, I mean. From nine to five? I mean, you're you're definitely correct. I, I would assume that once the sun comes up, it's fine. Okay, so it's like a midnight to dawn situation. So don't feed it during the witching hours. I guess, yeah. Like, I don't know. Two, how guessing. do Mogwai know what time zone they're in? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You you have spotted the holes and exposed them. I'm the winner. <laughs> I am the winner. So Randall returns returns home to Kingston Falls where he gives the Mogwai to Billy as a pet. Uh, again, Billy is like fucking 18 years old. I, um, no, he's like in his 20s. They, they're drinking. Like they, uh, uh, Kate works at a bar. Oh, that's right. And we see him hanging out at a bar. So weird. What a weird gift for a 20-something. Um, <laughs> Billy, he works in a local bank, but uh, he's afraid that his dog, Barney, will be put down by Mrs. Deagle, which, again, Mrs. Deagle needs to like she's, mind her own fucking business. Yeah, she's the town landlord, and she hates dogs. She doesn't want anyone to have joy. She really doesn't. She literally, like, so a classic she's a landlord. Scrooge. Like, she's a Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she tells a homeless woman to, or like a, a poor woman whose kids are hungry to fuck herself. <laughs> it's terrible. It's Christmas. Randall names him Gizmo. It's very cute. Um, and explains the three rules that he was told and Billy makes sure to treat him well. Billy's like, I'll, I'll take care of him. I won't feed him after midnight. Yada, yada, yada. And Billy is good with Gizmo. He accidentally yeah. like, like gets him in the light and everything but we see him sing it's really cute gizmo's adorable it's very very he's cute. very yodito yeah gizmo walked so yodito could run mm. um billy's young friend pete which why 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 is he friends why, with an eight why is he friends with cory feldman like they are 15 years apart like it would make like you are are you his babysitter like what is happening it's so weird. It's like, I guess that like Pete's, it, it could be seen as sweet, right? Because Billy's uh, an aspiring comic book artist. Yeah, it could be And we be see his drawings and they're dope. His drawings are awesome. It's just a little odd. It's a little weird, yeah. Um, Especially when he's like, come up to my bedroom in the attic, young boy. Yeah, it's, that is probably the weirdest part of this movie is how old Billy is. Yeah, I think that's right. 
Is it cause is it just because they wanted to add a romantic interest without it being like weird kid love? Yeah, it's gotta be that because yeah. But I don't know, Stranger Things did a good job with like oh, whatever. Um Gremlins walk so Stranger Things could run. Supposedly. Um so Pete accidentally spills water over Gizmo. Clumsy motherfucker. Right, starting really the bad part well, not the bad part of this movie, but like where everything unravels. It's Pete's fault. Yeah. Everyone dies because of Pete. So then we get this horrifying scene where the where poor Gizmo is like in pain, and then all of these like five more Mogwai spawn from his back. They're little tribbles. I know you don't watch Star Trek, but like tribbles are these. Um, that's definitely what this was inspired by, because tribbles are these little like fur creatures that mm-hmm. um, are just like will spawn indefinitely. Like they're worse than rabbits. Mm. Um, and the Klingons are scared of them. So anyway. So in, included in these five spawns, there is one named uh, Stripe, who has like a little tuft of fur on his head, kind of like a mohawk. So he's supposed to be like he's the, the troublemaker. Um, he leads them all. <laughs> They're playing video games. He like he's pissed. At, he like is such a bully to Gizmo. And it's like this little gang. I love it. It's cute. So since we're in a since we're in a movie that was made in the eighties, uh, Billy decides to take this Mogwai to his former science teacher, Mister Hansen. We're always taking things to our Who science. I forgot teachers. to shout out that's played by uh, Glenn Turman. Nice. Um, so he ends up spawning another Mogwai on whom uh, Hansen experiments. But then back at home, Stripe and his fellow Mogwai trick Billy into feeding them after midnight by severing the power cord. Uh, to his bedside clock yikes which i love that reveal of like because it's it, you think at first because so we should say everything that billy's dad makes doesn't oh work. my god yeah it like work his mom's like it's his mom is so <sighs> wonderful like the, but she's definitely the long-suffering wife right yeah. of like well you know they always work for the first they always work so well for the first couple weeks and then it's like they're on the fritz yeah just everything happens so you think that's been set up and you think it's just that like because it's a pelts or alarm clock it fucked up yeah but no they chewed through the cord mm-hmm. yeah no that's a really nice plot it's a, it's a here. really good touch like it that's one of those like writing moments where i go mm, chef kiss yeah so what happens we fi- we find out what happens when you feed them after midnight they form cocoons gross um, it's which very alien. I know it's it's really gross. Yeah, it's all it's kind of like slimy looking and just like exoskeleton ish. Yeah, it's combination the thing and alien. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, which obviously they're soon gonna hatch, and as they hatch, they emerge as mischievous reptilian monsters known as gremlins, who then torture Gizmo. Yeah, leave Gizmo alone. Remember when he w- goes to offer Gizmo some chicken, and Gizmo's like, mm mm. Yeah. Gizmo's like, it's after midnight, bitch. Gizmo's like, I don't want any. And he's just tucked into his bed. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, I love when Gizmo's tucked in. He's just like watching TV. Mm-hmm. Just watching. All- he watches the race car sh- uh, movie. And yeah. he's like, vroom, vroom. Oh, it's it's painfully cute. And then. Protect so, Gizmo with your life. I know. But they end up torturing Gizmo and they attack Billy's mom. Um, and then Hanson is killed by by his gremlin. Yeah. And it's like it it's there's this weird like arc here with the like torture like it feels like a um it's one of the it's one of those movies where the black guy dies first. He does die first, that's true. And it's I'm thinking about like just gonna call that. Yep, yeah, no. <laughs> we had a long string of movies that have done we, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much so that scary movie then did a parody of it, obviously. Yeah, there's so. the trope has lived on for a very long time. Yep. But no, I was thinking it's um this almost like PETA esque or like ASPCA take here on like animal experimentation. Yeah. Because he's a high school science teacher experimenting on an animal. We don't include like, Yeah. But he's like extracting blood and then the gremlin kills him with the syringe Mm -hmm. and a number of other things but yeah he kills him with the syringe yeah so back at home billy's mom takes out four of the gremlins she's a badass except for stripe yeah escapes to their local ymca (laughs) can we just run over the kills here real quick that she does because she does use the pelzer devices to great effect right she sure does she throws one in like a stand mixer blender 
super mm-hmm. gross, but fantastic. Kills one with a knife. And my favorite one is when she shoves it in the microwave and it explodes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but, like, shout out to Lynn Peltzer, the fucking goat. She is MVP of Gremlin Kills in this movie. Yeah. Like, I realize that Kate and Billy do, like, more. But Lynn is the most creative killer in this movie. 100%. Yeah. So Stripe ends up going to uh, a YMCA. Uh, Stripe jumps into a swimming pool, spawning an army of gremlins who wreak havoc in Kingston Falls. And many people are injured or outright killed by the gremlins' rampage, including Mrs. Deagle. Bye, bitch! Her ki- her death is care. so fucking good. It's her fucking... <laughs> What's it called? The uh, hover round or whatever? Yeah. Is that what that one's called? I don't the know. Stair it's the thing. thing that gets you up and down the stairs when you're a little less mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- and yeah for people who are who are less mobile, it gets you up and down the stairs for yeah. sure. It's a chair that you use. But they re- the gremlins are so good at electrics; it's amazing. They're little every electricians. Gr- yeah, every gremlin's an electrician. We should just like giving them jobs. Yeah, they'd probably just like fuck it up on purpose though. Because they're gremlins. Also, a great a cab moment here. Because he goes to the cops, including Jonathan Banks, and they are drunk at the station and mock him until the fucking gremlins cut their brake lines. Mm-hmm. And they're like watching this guy covered in gremlins who's dressed as Santa Claus. They're like, what are you doing, Joe? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then Billy rescues Kate, his girlfriend, and they hide in the abandoned bank where Kate reveals to Billy and Gizmo why she hates Christmas so much. This is the funniest part of this movie. Honestly, like, I know yeah. it's supposed to be the emotional, like, high point, but it's actually the funniest part, including the story is all of the wild. bonkers. So the story is as follows. When she was nine <laughs> years old, her father went missing on Christmas Eve and did not come home on Christmas Day either. Several days later, he was found dead in their chimney while dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't, man. It's supposed to be so dramatic and touching, but what the fuck? It's so bad. It's so stupid. How did... I mean, Oscar for that actress being able to say that with a straight face. Yeah, seriously. Phoebe Cates needs her Oscar. So then planning to surprise her and her mother, he had accidentally slipped and broken his neck while climbing down the chimney is what what had happened. Um, her dad was definitely a drunk. Like, uh, yeah. What sober person, what sober adult man goes, I can fit down this chimney. Yeah. Like, have you seen a chimney? They're not big. That's the bit about Santa Claus is he's a big fat man who slides on this little chimney. Fuck off, dude. 100%. And then, while still suffering from PTSD uh, because of the event, Kate confesses that this is how she discovered the truth about Santa. <laughs> what a wild it's, way to find that out. It's such a serious moment, and it's so stupid. It's it, like, so doesn't dumb. need to be in there. Because, like, she has this thing earlier. It's like, some people don't hate, some people don't like Christmas. Some people just don't like it, okay? And, like, she cites, like, the that classic, like, kind of myth about, like, suicide rates being higher during the holidays. Like, all that shit. Well, and I don't even really see why Kate needs to be in the story at all. You could have just made Billy a younger, like a kid. Yeah. It's, I don't really there, understand. There's, we'll talk about some of the writing on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Billy and Kate then discover that the town has fallen silent and the gremlins are watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the local theater. They're having a great time. They're drinking beer. They, they're drunk because Kate was inexplicably serving them beers at the bar. Yes. <laughs> But they're like drunk, they're eating candy, they're smoking cigars, they're having a fantastic time singing hi-ho, hi-ho. They're just having a girl's night. Yeah. Um, so they set off an explosion killing all the gremlins except for Stripe, who is left to, a, uh, who left to get more candy at the store across the street during the movie. Um, and then it's about to be morning, but Billy chases Stripe into the store where Stripe attempts to use a water fountain to spawn more gremlins. But Gizmo opens a skylight, exposing Stripe to sunlight, killing him. Gremlins are the easiest thing to kill. I don't know why we didn't just, like, open... Like, we have all these LED lights today. We have our, like... this our is, sad lamps. This is one of those... Um, this is one of those movies that would not hold up today because we all have that bright fucking flashlight on the back of our phones. Oh, God. The people who have the mom when it, who, like, have it flash to text, if you're not deaf... Why do you have that on? Yeah. yeah. If you're not hard of hearing or anything, why do you have that? Yeah. If you're not deaf or HOH. Yeah. Like, what the hell? 
Um, it's just, it, it blinds everyone around you. And if you do have it on, don't set your phone face down. Yeah. You're going to blind your bartender. Um, Sorry, I have a very specific person in mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I caught that. Oh, really? I wasn't subtle? Uh, never. <laughs> so then afterwards, Mr. Wing arrives to retrieve Gizmo, and he criticizes the Peltzer's carelessness and states that Western society cannot responsibly care for Mogwai yet. However, as he turns to leave, Gizmo, having bonded with Billy, bids him goodbye. A touched Mr. Wing then concedes that Billy alone may be ready one day and promises that until then, Gizmo will be waiting. And Cute. that's the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. That's it. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. And we talk about horror for kids a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk about horror for kids a lot. Yeah. And I think this is a great one. Absolutely. I mean, this is definitely one that I saw when I was really young. Yeah, I saw like, it when I was about 10. Yeah, I would have been like six or seven when I saw this. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's one of my favorite like horror for kids movies. Yeah. Um, I guess I get why they gave it the PG thirteen rating, but honestly, or like like why it created the PG thirteen rating, but honestly, it it just doesn't smack that way for me because like I it's definitely PG to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I mentioned earlier, like, all of these enraged parents um, did some of the best PR work that you possibly could have (laughs) for this movie. Because if you just do a simple, like, if you just type in gremlins in the Google search bar, you get a lot of, like, you know, under the people also ask um, thing Mm -hmm. that comes up on Google, you get a lot of, like, is gremlins suitable for an eight-year-old? Is gremlins uh, family-friendly? Is Gremlins okay for a 12-year-old? Where under that one, I definitely clicked on that one, it said, kids should not watch this movie alone, at least the first time. (laughs) It includes a few jump scares and Gremlins being naughty. The Gremlins get beat up and their capital I-S is blood present. There is blood present. Oh, my stars. (laughs) What about your garters? Yeah, I lost those a while ago. Um, <laughs> but no, I love when parents get pissed about a movie that's like, what did you think it was? Like, Also... Have they seen the poster for the movie? <laughs> oh, actually, I guess the poster's not that revealing, but like... It's it been, doesn't look like a kid's movie, though. Like, the poster. No, it's definitely a horror film. I know it says Steven Spielberg on it, but I also think that E.T. is a horror film. Right. He yeah, directed Jaws. Yeah, I think it's just, well, and it's also always hilarious to me because, I mean, what came after this, too, in the 90s was, you know, like, people were so angry when Britney Spears was like, I'm not a babysitter, I'm a pop star. If you are if you don't want your kids to, yep. you know, like, then that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel that way about a lot of media where I'm just like, I don't think, I'm, I'm almost fully, like, anti-censorship, I think, at, at a certain point. You know, I think that can be pretty harmful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that we can't be tolerant of is intolerance. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of better expl- explanations of that that I'm going to be able to give on here. So I'll just leave that alone and y'all can look that up for yourselves. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I just kind of am like, if you don't want your kid to watch it, then don't have your kid watch it. And if they yeah. go to a sleepover and watch it there, then that's out of your control. Sorry. Yeah. That's how I saw a lot of shit I wasn't supposed to see. Yeah. I watched The Birds when I was like fucking eight years old at a sleepover and I was terrified. And I think as a parent, you kind of have to put yourself. I mean, I am not a parent. I will come out and say that I am a cat parent. It's very different. Um, <laughs> I Marceline watches horror films with us all the time, but she's too. She it's is fine. a horror film. Let's be honest. Facts. She's just running around hissing at people. Um <laughs> You're just bitter because of earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm bitter because she hissed to me earlier. I think I think sometimes, and this is just from what I've observed, parents have trouble. Parents get into this mindset that they want to catch their kids doing something wrong mm. whenever they do it. And I think that that's a little bit harmful. I think in a certain way, kids need to feel like they're getting away with something as long as they're not in immediate danger. Totally. Right? Like, it's not super helpful to catch a kid every single time they sneak, like, video games. Right. Like, eh, you know, 
you you got to remember what how you felt when you were a kid and you were being a little sneaky. It was mm-hmm. like an adrenaline rush and it felt good. Yeah. And you also like same thing with kids kind of being sneaky at sleepovers, you know, like they're watching things that they probably wouldn't at home or probably aren't allowed to. And that's kind of just part of being young. And again, obviously, this comes with as long as nobody is in immediate danger. Yeah, as long as somebody, as long as everybody's safe, like it's fine. Then it's fine. Like, come on, it's part of being a kid is being a little mischievous and sneaky. Yeah, and like, yeah, the 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 big thing with like my mom was like, all right, don't watch anything with tits in it. Right. So no Titanic for you? No Titanic for me. Well, actually, I did see. I, it was it was weird because, like, <laughs> I watched Halloween at a very young age, and there's tits in Halloween. Yeah. I watched Titanic. Hate that movie. Love the soundtrack. Um, I used to do interpretive dance to My Heart Will Go On. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> I wish I could see that. My eight-year-old ass just, like, dancing around the living room. <laughs> I, I would love... I would pay... <laughs> money to see that if we'd had a video camera i know too bad but no like yeah it was like there were certain restrictions like it was like as long as it wasn't sexy you know and like i guess titanic was but my mom was like okay look away yeah or like she fast forwarded it or something like that you know um because she would see things ahead of time but i saw the matrix right after it came out and that's rated fucking r that's full of blood and i was like nine when that came out and my mom watched went to the theater saw it and she's like all right we're renting it from blockbuster yeah and I just, yeah, I think, I think it's, I still just think it's hilarious. And again, it's the best PR that you never asked for. Yeah, you don't have to pay for it. It's you don't great. Have to pay for it. So, do you know what? Do you know where Gremlins came from? Like, what uh, the crazy Mr. Futterman, the super racist man who or xenophobic man who lives next door, is ranting about? No, tell me. I, I want to know this. So, you've have you seen that Twilight Zone episode, right? The Gremlin on the Wing. With uh, uh, Bill Shatner, and he's convinced there's a creature on the wing. Okay. And you, do you know what I'm referencing? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so that itself is a reference to uh, World War II pilots being convinced. So, like, that was the World War One is the first time we had planes in warfare. And actually, it really sucks. Um, I was, it was just Wright Brothers Day. Uh huh. Um, cause it was the first, it was the anniversary of their first, of the first flight ever, um, in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Um, so I can't remember which brother it was. One of them died later that year, but they both thought that the plane would never, they would, thought it was going to be an instrument of peace and end all war. Mm-hmm. And the brother who lived until 1948 saw both of the world wars happen and uh, died a very, very sad man and was like, I thought we were ending all war and it turned out they just made it into another instrument of war. Mm-hmm. Super fucking sad, right? Yeah. But humans had never been in the sky before, right? Like we'd been on boats, we'd been underwater, we'd been over land, horses, etc. Like we've done all these cool things, but planes were new. The sky was forbidden to us until the Wright brothers invented the plane. Right. And so there's this theory that because we were in a new space that we weren't accustomed to or able to do. Like, it's the same reason people think like, Oh, that's why they think sea monsters exist is they saw like whales and shit, but they were going crazy because they were on the water with nothing in sight. Yes. So it's the same idea up in the air. Pilots would become convinced that there were, they would see gremlins. Yeah. Like they would see little, like things would go wrong in the planes because they weren't constructed. Right. You know, they were like, it was the war machine. It was just like, pump them out, pump them out, pump them out, get like more made. Yeah. So problems were going to go, things were going to go wrong. So shit would happen and they would be like, oh, it's gremlins. And they would start to see them because they were like in a new space is a theory. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's where gremlins comes from. Okay. I see. That makes sense. I yeah. Mean, particularly, it was particularly like um, the RAF. Yeah. Uh, is where that word came from. Yeah. So I also want to talk about the themes, the themes in this movie. Sure. Of... Obviously, like you can't, you you kind of can't talk about this movie without mentioning that Mogwai is Cantonese, and that yep. they get Mogwai, the Mogwai uh, Gizmo from a Cantonese man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you you kind of can't just gloss over that when you talk about this movie. The actor's so, literally from Canton. Yes. So, a few things here. This movie certainly highlights that. A white man thinks that he can get what he wants with money. 
Remember mm-hmm. when he's oh originally? God. Yeah. Remember yeah. when he's originally in there and he's like, "Oh, this is what I want," and of course he's like, mm, "Not for sale." And he's like, "I'll give you a hundred dollars," and he's like, mm, "No." And, and he's like, like two hundred, three hundred. Yeah. yeah. He's basically like bidding for this thing that. Um, the dude that, said, "Mogwai's not for sale." Yeah, yeah, Mister Wind, right? Wing. Wing. Yeah. Oh, wind. What? Um, you're the wind beneath my wings. Wait, that's yeah, what exactly. I was, yeah, you know, yeah. I, that's where I was. No, I'm, uh, Mr. Wing, he says, he says, he says, you know, no, he's like absolutely not for sale. But then this, you know, burly white man is persistent. Yeah. And he just is gets like, no, what he I wants. want this thing. And his grandson's like, it, it's the grandson who's like, yeah. And he says like, we need the money. Yeah. And that. Man, I'm with two minds about that, right? I know, I know. A lot of it is a little like racist tropey here. It's um, oh, absolutely, it is. But also, it lands like I don't know, like in a right. good way. I don't, I don't mean in a bad way. Like it, it does hit. Yeah, it's it's kind of that traditional thing of like you think that immigrants are stuck between a rock and a hard place, and this is the place of power that an entitlement and privilege that white people have, where they're just like, oh, I'll just buy it off of you. You need the money, right? Right. And even though, and it's especially, I, so looking at it from this lens, right? Like 30, almost, like, fuck, almost 40 years later. Yeah. Um, that we see, like, oh, the white dude who's also broke. Yeah. Like, we, everybody in the town is broke except Mrs. Deagle and the bank owner, right? Yes. Or like the, the president of the bank. Yeah. So everybody is broke except like the two of them and Gerald. Yeah. Um, Judge, Judge Reinhold's character. So, like, there is, the, it, it does highlight, and I know it's unintentionally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Chris Columbus named his fucking production company 1492. Get Oof, fucked. Bruh. Oof, bro. Oof. Reassess your <laughs> association with that name. Yeah. Like, I realize what your parents did. It's not your fault, but also, like, don't name your production company 1492. Yeah. <laughs> After a dude who fucked a manatee? Like, so... Anyhow, I, I it's definitely not intentional, right? Like, but it does actually highlight the the privilege gap. Yeah, which is interesting, you know. Like, it did it definitely by accident, but it's interesting that it does that. Like, even the broke white dude has privilege over the broke immigrants. Yes, and it also um, perpetuates this uh, idea that quote unquote weird things come from Asia. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's a No, it's totally that. You know, it it definitely perpetuates that where but then also on the other side of that same coin, it it highlights that you know, this this white family takes for granted. You know, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Like they they take it seriously in the beginning, but then when it goes wrong, they act like it's not their fault. They act like it's yeah. They weren't careful enough, even Corey though they Feldman's fault. <laughs> it is Corey Feldman's fault, but they act like even when Mr. Wing comes, like uh, the dad is kind of like, dude, I'm sorry, I I tried, we fucked up. Like the yeah. data actually shows remorse, which is yeah. it's This movie's so interesting. I know it really it's, goes back and forth on like <laughs> on because at first I was like, okay. We have to look at it through this lens, and but it, it oscillates between like, okay, that's a little uh, xenophobic, uh, right. you know, but then it's like, well, it's also just highlighting that privileged white people kind of suck. Yeah, so, it's super weird. Like, <laughs> this movie is... <laughs> yeah. Who thought that when we sat down to watch Gremlins, which is just a dumb We'd Christmas into, movie yeah. for kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, no, I mean, you're, you're genuinely like, and like, you're making me so much more interested in this movie that I've seen fucking so many fucking times. This is one of those movies that's up there in my watch list. Yeah. Just because it was always on cable or like my ma would rent it around Christmas time. Like we'd watch this and die hard. Yeah. So like, I'm not sure how I feel like, yeah, it's such an interesting movie. Cause like I, I just, yeah, I was really not expecting there to be this much to talk about with gremlins. I know. It's you watch it and you're like, it ain't that deep. Uh, and then you think about it and you go, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because it is just, yeah, it goes back and forth between you're like, oh, well, I don't necessarily love that they're, you know, perpetuating uh, stereotypes and right. things like that. But then you're also like, well, the white people are the bad people in this, not the gremlins. No, the gremlins are doing what gremlins, like. Gremlins were... be doing what gremlins be doing. Well, and like we said at the top, <laughs> Mogwai means devil. 
and Cantonese. Yeah. Yeah. So, or like roughly translates to her or something, I guess. Yeah. But like, it, yeah, it's a little demon. Yeah. And if you don't keep it in check, guess what, motherfucker? Like, yeah. So there's a really weird like moral play here. Yeah, going exactly. Because it's saying that these Western idiots are wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like it is like almost like a parable of like colonizers, right? Yeah. Because they come in, they find out, they find something. They're like, "This is interesting. I like this thing." And the people who were already there, are like, they "Yeah, it, it. it is dope." But like, don't do the wrong thing. And they're like, "No, I'm gonna do the wrong thing." Yeah. Or like, I don't care enough to not do the wrong thing. And that's like, like the like, like, like he yeah, literally yeah, says, yeah. "You're not responsible enough." The West yeah. is not responsible. It's like you let you taught him to watch television. Yeah. Which is a weird thing because yeah. like Gizmo's just cute. He just wants to like be like vroom vroom. Yeah, what is yeah, exactly. So. But and like watch Casablanca and shit, but also like uh, yeah, I it, it is like a tale of like white fo- it, again, coming from a guy who is named for a colonizer I know. <laughs> and owns it in a bad way. It's a surprising tale of colonizer like uh uh men- mentality. Yeah. No, 100%. So, uh to to finish this up here. This is the second time we've done a Christmas movie. Yeah. For for this podcast, we didn't do one our first year. No, we did not. So, how does this rank against Krampus for you? Um, because they're both black comedy horror yeah. films set at Christmas. Which I love this tradition. I think we should do this every year. <laughs> Just do yeah, a black yeah. comedy horror film around Christmas. There's so many. No, they're so. Yes, they fall under all those categories that you just mentioned, but they're so different. Uh, it's really hard to... so. They do deal with similar themes. It, the yeah. old world not being taken seriously no, by definitely. the new world. Immigrants, xenophobia. But, I don't know, they just give me different vibes. They would never be pitted against each other on, like, if I'm deciding what I want to watch. No, they would not at all. Like it, it only in that like, um, oh, I want to watch a horror movie around Christmas. It's Christmas themed. Like then I would say like, oh, do I want to watch Gremlins or do I want to watch Krampus? I'm just curious of like how they stack up for you. Like just um, like emotionally speaking, not even like critically speaking, just emotionally. Um, good question. I feel like I would need to watch Krampus again to really give you a solid um, answer on it. But... Great, let's do it tonight. <laughs> Again, I don't have time. <laughs> um, but going with what what I remember feeling with Krampus, I like Krampus slightly better. I love, I do love Gremlins, but I think Gremlins is a little slow. It is. It takes its time. Like it's 106 minutes. Yeah. It, and Krampus packs a lot more in. It's a lot more tense. Like, Krampus goes more into the, like, traditional horror film. Yeah. And Gremlins, I think it... They're, in the middle there, it's a little slow. Um, it's still a lot of fun. But it does... But it's t- fun. It, it, yeah. yeah, it takes its time. I'm not shitting on either of these movies. I no, just, no. We've loved both. We Krampus might just be a little more my speed, quite that's literally. Fair enough. That's all. Yeah. Gremlins gets me on the nostalgia factor for sure. Def. Like, this was... Again, I've, I have watched this every Christmas since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I watched yeah. it on Halloween, actually, because... Um, Cute. When it used to be, before it was Freeform, it was ABC Family. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking CW, um, That was, but that was WB. Yeah. yeah. Um, they used to do, you know, a Halloween movie a night, and they put this one on, and this is when I first saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. When I was like 10. But yeah, I mean, I, I do love this movie, and so it's it's got a big nostalgia factor for me. I think Krampus is a better movie, mm-hmm. but uh, Gremlins is a favorite. Like yeah. it is it for me, like as a, it's a comfort film for me. For sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we're dropping this on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. Cause Christmas day is Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, for those who observe or celebrate happy Christmas to you and we love you. And I guess we'll see you. I uh, know. We'll see you one more time before the new year. Yeah. We've got one more Friday after, after this one. It's going to be a fun one. It's very different than the last couple we've done. Yeah, so stay safe this holiday season. I know it's been a year. God, um, New York right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you're in New York. Um, it's not great. <laughs> but, 
But yes, just uh, stay safe out there. Uh, get boosted, get vaccinated, wear your mask. So you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a website, horrorbabespod.com. And until next time, stay safe out there, guys. Wear your mask, get boosted, get vaccinated, social distance mm-hmm. six feet apart, all of that good stuff. Wash your damn hands. Yep. And if you're enjoying this podcast, give us a a rating or a review on iTunes if you would be so kind. We love them. We love them. We love reading them. Doesn't matter if it's one star or five. I love all of them. (laughs) We love reading feedback. But anyway, uh, until next time, bye, Bye, babes. babes. Yeah. <laughs>